Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. Mystical, mystical. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. Each time I've sat down with my traveling microphone and Stephen Wilson, I've come away a better human being. I think his rational mind helps me, maybe you, clarify the mystical. Well, does that does that mean what I wanted to say? I'm mostly intrigued by his lyrics, as you may already know, and that is taking nothing away from his prowess musically. And of course, you know, the wholeness that is the full-grown porcupine tree and each member. They are fantastic. This was recorded on their tour bus prior to their show on August 25th, 2010, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, USA. I uh, just read an article that I think you wrote, and we talked about it a couple interviews ago in 2007 about about the mystery uh, of of how it attracts, and um, and you did just write an article about how if 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 you don't show everything, then people right. are more intrigued, right? Yes, that's true. Uh, well, I think the article was mainly about the fact that we've gone from the the age of enigma into the age of reality. Yeah. Um, okay. So, in for, for example, in the 70s and 80s, it was all about building. Mythology. I'm talking about pop, you know, pop music now. Although you can yep. apply this probably to to other areas of of culture too. Yeah. It was all about building mythology, and since the dawn of, well, the 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 two things: reality, sort of television, and the internet. Yeah. Now it's all about reality. It's all about access. It's all about getting to be a buddy of your your favorite artist. Mm-hmm. About being able to to. Uh, you know, sending messages on Facebook and get a reply, and right. n- you know, know where he's where he's hanging out, or or know what he had for breakfast, or what he's listening to, or or, or what what movie he's watching. Right, yeah. And that for me, although although I I kind of um, accept that that is here to stay. And that we have to, we, in a way, we have to use that now. We have to use Facebook as a, as a band, Porcupine Tree. We have to have a Facebook page. We have sure. to have, right. we ha- we have to have Twitter things and all that stuff. I don't, I don't particularly like it. You're not embracing it. Well, I am because I have to. Because I mean, personally, personally, yeah. I don't like it. You yeah. know, and I think, and there's, there's certainly a limit to what I will allow right. um, my fans to to know about me. I mean, sure. they, they they don't actually know very very much about me, mm-hmm. and the only thing that they will find out about me personally will be through the the film that's in Sahenti's yep. film, yep. which again is still more about my work and life as a musician, not about my work and life beyond being a musician. So. 
why should that be interesting anyway and and I think you know there, there certainly is a a sense that part of the pact you make with uh, with music you love is um, to not try to to uh, reduce uh, the people that make that music just to the level of just another guy you know j he's just like me that's not the way it works at least mm -hmm. it wasn't the way it worked when I was I really thought they were like gods you know mm -hmm. um, and that enhanced my enjoyment of the music I don't I don't want to believe that Jimmy Page is just you know another guy doing his shopping in Sainsbury's and, and of course he is you know but sure. the, but there's almost like a, a delusion a self self delusion that's part of the of the uh, the whole thing about you know and I see kids every night standing outside the Coheed and Cambria bus and they look they look up so much to the uh, the lead singer Claudio okay um and it's almost like being complicit in that that kind of illusion that he is somehow on another level, on another plane. Of course right. he is, and he's just another guy, you know, right. he just got lucky, you know, yep, doing yep. what he loves to do. And I'm the same, but I think, I think that that's been lost, uh, really, and, and, and pop music has been slightly, something, some of the magic, if I can use that word, has, has gone, is gone from pop music. Yeah, well, you know, magic's a cool word, because that's kind of how I think of it, too, because I think music is magic in a way, or beautiful and spiritual, and all the stuff we've talked about in the past, but, but as I come in and I want to talk about you know lyrics at times and whatnot i'm thinking how if, if we are here which i think you and i and many more people are here to make the world a better planet to move it forward then sometimes or many times if not all the time maybe transparency is really a good thing to move the planet forward maybe not to move the 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 career of porcupine tree further but to move the planet forward if you've got a good idea but you kind of go boy i hope I hope a few people get this. I don't want to tell them what it's exactly about. Right. But if you did tell me what it's exactly about, then me being the dumb guy, I go, oh, wow, the guy the guy wants to change the world and right. you know, fill, in, fill in the blank, right? And that's where I wonder, yeah. you know, are, are, we, are we a little selfish when it comes to, hey, if I, if I have this sort of enigmatic um, um, image out there, right. you know, then I... Then I <laughs> can sell more records build a bigger house whatever you know whatever your personal goals are help more charities or whatever you know and i i just wonder you know it, it kind of cuts both ways right you know well it does but you're talking about two completely different worlds i mean for okay. example in the entertainment industry like for example the analogy i use in the article was you wouldn't want to go to see a, a magician right exactly and and, and, and then yep. find out at the, at the end of the evening how he did all his tricks right. so there is there is that kind of uh, as i say that kind of pact between the audience and the performer that um, what you know what you're going to see is illusion and you understand it's illusion but you don't want to you don't want the artifice to be revealed because right. that spoils it yet that's the entertainment industry you're talking about the you know for example in politics the opposite is true i think these days more and more people realize that politicians are just as messed up just as prone to be uh, fallible liars right, right, you know right. in fact arguably more so um, and I think that's a good thing because I think there was a time in history when we, we trusted our politicians and the people who ran our country too much and it seems to me that people are more cynical in a healthy way now about politicians you know we've heard all their lies we know that, that what they promise they're going to do never actually happens and that's probably a good thing I, I think it's 
I think it's good not to be too gullible and not to not to uh, you know not prone to believe what these people sell us. But the entertainment industry is something different because the entertainment right. industry is, by definition, it's about creating artifice. It's about creating illusion. It's about creating escapism. It's about creating magic. It's about somehow being able to ref you know reflect the human condition in a poetic, prosaic way and. Uh, you know, and I love that, and I and I miss it when you know too much sometimes. I'm, again, I'm with you. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going down both sides of the highway here, you know. But yeah. but I think that politicians too many times talk in code, and I think artists talk in code too. Yes. Whatever that is, whatever you know. Again, it's a it's a metaphor for fill in whatever whatever you know it is. And and again, how how are we going to move the whole world forward if we if we're not all on the same page? Because if in fact said politician or said artist is saying something about um abuse or, or oppression or whatever it is then how can how can we say it as clearly as possible so there will be less abuse and less oppression you know and have complete transparency is well is because I, I, what i'm, I'm thinking out loud I, I, you know and so i'm thinking aloud, out loud too and make potentially disappear up a blind alley here but <laughs> I, I think we've gone there before is it is it not the case that um, generally speaking, people who love music deeply and not just music but literature and movies tend to be, and I'm generalizing here, mm -hmm. more open-minded anyway. That's certainly my experience and it's something to do, I think, with the fact that if you love music, well firstly, music cuts through all kind of Sexual stereotypes, racial right. stereotypes, se uh, sexual stereotypes, doesn't it? Right, all the debris that keeps us... Yeah. Music lovers find... If someone who loves music would find it very hard not to love Marvin, Marvin Gaye and right. Stevie Wonder and Otis Ray. So, Otis Redding. So, again, straight away, it, it almost promotes this idea that those gifts are not relating to race or, or stereotype race. Um, and I think there's something about a passion for the arts and a passion for, for culture in general that just makes you think more about the world, about the human condition. Yeah. And that's got to be a good thing. And yes, it is kind of, there is a kind of illusion and magic and enigma to it, but that's part of the deal. That mm -hmm. in, order to, in order to respect what these people are saying in the first place and really buy into it, you have to almost believe that they have some knowledge that you don't. Right. And if if you right. believe if you believe that all these people are your equal, then maybe you wouldn't even bother to pay any attention to what they were saying in the first place. And of course, you can say that's true of politicians too, can't you? Sure. And I guess we do still rely on our politicians in the sense that we believe implicitly that they must have some right. some knowledge that we don't. But unfortunately, uh, as time often proves, the, rea the reality is the opposite. How how do you use images? The images that you use on, you know, whether it's CD booklets or all around through, through the movie that's coming out in in Sargentes. I, how, I, how do you how do you use them? Because you use them, again. I think it, it, I, I go wow, wow, because it's intriguing to me, and maybe it sucks me in to go yeah okay. I want to hear more about the music. I want to hear whatever. But how do you use them? How do you when you're putting all that stuff together? I think maybe, what are you thinking? Maybe we talked about this before, but I, I really love um, dream logic. I love the logic of dreams. In other words, I love what we what we dream 
has no bearing on reality. It, it's almost like improvisation. When, when we're awake, we're thinking... So we are talking about dreams that while we're asleep, not, th- not the dream of... No, no, of, sorry, I'm not okay, talking about dreams you. in, in the sense sure. of uh, gotcha. aspiration. I'm talking about dreams, yeah. actually, when we're asleep. When we're awake, we, we think in very kind of logical, linear ways, don't we? Yep. When we dream, we don't. And I believe, in a way, that's kind of where great art comes from, too. You know, a lot of my music and, and lyrics mm-hmm. come from dreams. Because you make associations and you make leaps of logic and, and leaps of intellect that you would never make uh, in a waking state. And the images kind of reflect that. I mean, I love a lot of surreal cinema. Um, and if you, when you see the movie, you'll see there's a lot of, of what yeah. people would say is weird stuff, you know, surreal stuff, uh, nightmarish, uh, very abstract, very, just using the power of the imagination and the power of dreams. But at the same time, and the irony is that my lyrics are very much um, of this earth. I, I'm not. I'm not. It's funny. A lot of progressive rock is about you know sci-fi and con- mm-hmm. concepts and right. fancy. Yep. Mine is not. Mine is very much grounded. About I thought. inner space, not yeah. outer space. I write about relationships. I, I write about women that have messed me up. I write about the state of the world and what I see on the news and and and. Um, but. Ironically, I use, a, or Lasser and myself, the guy who does a lot of the artwork and the, and the films, we rely a lot on, on surreal imagery to kind of bring that to life. And I suppose in a way in doing that, you're kind of removing reality slightly, just enough to differentiate it from reality. Mm-hmm. Because if it's just reality, it's, it's, you know, no one's going to notice it. Right. But if you remove it just enough, if you can change the perspective just enough, it's that whole thing about how, um, you know, Mar- uh, what was the name of the, I forget, Duchamp, wasn't it? Put the urinal in the, in the art gallery and said, that's now a piece of art. Okay. Very, very famous, you know, one of the, one of the, the surrealist artists. Simply by changing the context of something, you make people consider it in a completely new way. And I think pop music has that, that ability too, you know, to do that. So a lot of the imagery is to do with that. Yeah, um, and 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 should I say well planned or they're well thought out or sometimes is it just I love that and I don't know why. I think a lot of it is that. I mean, that was the whole thing about the the, the surrealist uh, artists. A lot of it was just fa- you know found objects recontextualized. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm also aware that I have a need to intellectually. I have a need to to have everything to have some kind of meaning. But there's and, that, and dovetail into each other. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Okay. But there's that whole thing and in some a way. Connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that whole thing in a way where, when you dream, supposedly your your mind is improvising, and things have a very kind of uh, random aspect to them. But do they? Because it's all coming from your subconscious. It's the same if I write lyrics. If I sit down now and write some lyrics off the top of my head without thinking, on the surface, it's just gobbledygook. But then when you start to analyze it, you see parts of your subconscious are actually manifesting themselves mm-hmm. anyway, even without. So what you're doing is you're effectively removing that, that kind of layer of the intellect, that kind of filtering layer. But still, everything you produce has meaning to you. Somewhere in your mind, it has meaning. Uh, insurgentes means insurgents in English? Yeah, rebels. Insurgent, re, right. Yeah, right. I say revolt. I say uprising. So uprising. What, yeah. So what do? So how? Why use that title? Well, there was two reasons. Firstly, um, a lot of the the filming was done in Mexico and Mexico City, which is an amazing place. Very, very 
kind of surreal place in its own right. Um, and I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with the kind of Mexican people, and, and I spent a lot of time uh, filming, recording, and, f and working there on the record. And the biggest street in Mexico City is Avenidas de Insurgentes, which is a huge street that runs from one end of Mexico City to the other, Mexico City itself being the third biggest city in the world. This is a long road, wow. and it's it's all it's like a landmark in the city that you're never far away from because you're um, wherever you go, you will see this word in Sargentis because this is literally the, the the heart of the city. That was the first reason. So it became almost like a, a, a theme, an omnipresent, yep. ubiquitous always, yep. word, always around. The second reason was, and this is this comes back to exactly what we were talking about. How sometimes when you just choose things almost at random, and then you realise subsequently. Mm -hmm. It does have meaning, and of course it has meaning. Insurgentes, uprising, rebels. If I if I kind of consider my position in the music industry, um, I've never done things in a very obvious. Uh, I've never done things in the prescribed way, shall we say? Mm -hmm. And in my own small way, I am a kind of a rebel. You know, I don't write mainstream music. I don't pander to the, the kind of obvious commercial considerations uh, that you're supposed to pander to if you right. want to be a professional musician. Um, even the aspects in the movie, like very much kind of talking about the album as an art form, talking against MP3 culture, talking about download kind of culture, talking about the disappearance of the physical product, the reduction of music to the level of software and a few files. All those things, in a way, make me kind of a, a rebel. So mm -hmm. in a way, I do feel I have my own little <laughs> my own yeah. little uprising within the industry. Was, was there ever a time since uh, 1991, the first record came out, right? Um, was there ever a time between then and now when you said you know what i i do need to write a, a hit song i do need to conform yeah was there ever that time or yeah, that pressure was. from the outside yeah both oh okay I, I mean it was early in my career yeah and and i realized very soon uh, after that it wasn't for me yeah but yes i mean the first thing of course is how do i make a career in the music industry mm -hmm. i don't want to go and sell double glazing I don't, want to go and sell, I don't want to go and sell real estate. I don't want to go and work in an office or a store. I want to make music and I want to be paid for it. So the first thing you think as a musician is how can I get to the point where I can just do what I love all day long? Yeah. The problem with that is that sometimes you get desperate. And there were times early on in my career where I was in a state of some desperation because I wasn't making enough money from doing the music that I wanted to make so the first thing I did was I started to do music for commercials and TV um, which is in itself a compromise but only a small one because it's largely invisible yeah right you're kind of you're, behind way behind yeah the scenes you're you're making music um, to sell products but it's not like you're releasing under your own name you're, st you're fairly anonymous right the second sort of pitfall was when record companies say to say to you as they did as they still do um you know what would be great is if we had a, a song on this album we could we could get on the radio you know and and then you start to think yeah well maybe i could just you know if i cut this bit out and i and i didn't do this and i just made it a bit more simple and this and that. yeah and i did that um and it made me feel sick physically sick to do it and what was worse is when 
those kind of gestures of commercial compromise still failed, mm -hmm. you felt ten times worse. Hmm. I'm happy to make something that I believe in and for it to fail. Well, I'm not happy, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if yeah, if, yeah, I, if yeah. I create something in in with you know with purity of intention and it fails, okay, that's one thing. Right. To create something that you don't believe in and then still see it fail makes you ten, feel ten times worse. I, I just interviewed Richard Page from Mr. Mister from way back in the day, and I can't remember if it was Broken Wings or Kyrie, but anyway, every, all ra radio will not play anything that's over, whatever, four minutes and 30 seconds or whatever, right. four, whatever the number was at the time. And I, I found it, I just found it beautiful because he said, you know, we, we tried to get a, a mix down that we just couldn't get happy with. You know what we did? We put a, it was a five minute and 20 second song. Right. They just put 429 on the, right. on the, on the, on the single that they serviced and went, and it became a huge hit. So right. you know, it really doesn't matter. But I was thinking, I went back and I pulled the lyrics off of, uh, on the Sunday side of life. But you hardly wrote any anything. No, there, I didn't. Right? No, and, and now you, your lyrics. I mean, that's the re that's the reason I I came to you in the first place because of because of fear of the blank planet, which is where I where I picked you up and then right. started going backwards. And I think, did you were you dying to write lyrics then, or were you not confident then, or what? Why yeah. not? Why not start? Yeah, talk all talk, of the above. All really. of the above. Okay. Um, I I never wanted to be a singer. I never, I never wanted to be a guitar player. I wanted to be, you see, I don't know. Maybe we talked about this before too. My, my, um, my, my experience, uh, my first experience of music, and what really turned me on to music, was this idea of being able to be the architect of, of, of a record, of an album. And the people I really admired when I was a kid were were people like Jeff Lynne of Electric Light Orchestra. Well, yeah. Or, or um, you know, Roger Waters or Pink Floyd, and not necessarily the greatest musicians, but they had this kind of vision to create records um, or albums, more specifically. Yeah, out of the blue from ELO, wow, what a great yeah, double blah, blah, yeah. amazing, yeah. And so it was almost like I fell in love with the idea of actually being a producer. Mm. I didn't even know what that was at the time, but I realised now, sort of in retrospect, what I really wanted to be was a producer. I wanted to be Brian Wilson. I wanted to be Todd Rundgren. I mm. wanted to be Jeff Lynne. You know, I wanted to yeah, be, yeah. Uh, you know, one of these great uh, architects of these incredible records. But I didn't really know what you know what what was involved in production at that time. So in the end, you know, I taught myself to to play a little bit of guitar and started to write songs and started to experiment with overdubbing and stuff like that. And I started to join bands, some of which mm -hmm. I was singing for and some of which I wasn't, some of which I was just a guitar player, one of mm -hmm. which I was just a keyboard player. Yeah. And Porcupine Tree started out um as more of a kind of psychedelic inspired project. I wasn't so much into um, the more serious album orientated side at that point Porcupine Tree was, was going to be uh, a bit of fun a one off a one off album actually it was a one off cassette it was going to be a one off cassette, cassette just with every track kind of pastiching a different psychedelic or progressive band okay. and, I, and I did a Pink Floyd pastiche I did a um, a kind of birds pastiche. I did a soft machine pastiche. I did a so I did all these and, pastiche. And pastiche means just sort of an honor to or whatever. Taking right? taking their sound and In encapsulating. Kind of, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. And that actually was the first cassette, and it and it had sort of pastiches of all these different bands on it. 
and I took a bunch of lyrics from uh, a buddy of mine wrote that were very kind of inspired by the kind of uh, you know Lewis Carroll very mm -hmm. psychedelic the strawberry fields Lucy in the sky right. with diamonds right. that kind butterfly of thing song, right? yeah, yeah butterflies yeah. and 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 use them and they seem to work as porcupine tree became began to grow into something more i realized that i had to start writing writing my own lyrics yeah. and it wasn't something i was naturally inclined to do but having started to do it i wanted to do it well you know so i took a lot of care over doing it yeah i jumped to dead wing now which is a big jump of course chronologically but mm. forward and backwards now huh <laughs> a little bit but what what happened in the movie well, the script is still there, yeah. and in fact, only last week we met with another possible oh, producer, nice. and it it's hard. It, I mean, it's if you imagine how hard it is to get yourself into the music industry now, well, it's 50 times harder to get yourself into the movie industry. Yeah. You're talking about bigger budgets, yeah. uh, bigger stakes, and for a first time, I mean, I, I wrote it with a, a director friend of mine. Yeah. But for first-time writer, first-time director, I mean, he's directed a lot of commercials and, and, and music videos, but to do a feature is a different, is a different ball game. So, we, you know, we're still trying. We're still trying, and, and yeah. people that have read it like the script. It's just getting someone to actually commit, you know, well, yeah. a couple of million dollars to do it. It's not easy. <laughs> is that all? Yeah. Well, we could do it. We've kind of set ourselves that we could do it for, for uh, you know, listen, we could do it for a couple of million dollars. We could do it for $20 million. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, exactly. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, arriving somewhere, but not here. Uh -huh. That song off of that, off the Deadwing record, right. um, kind of about being discouraged by life. Is that how you think you saw it? Not really, because that song. Uh, the problem with that album, talking about that album and the lyrics in the abstract, is that all of them relate to the, the movie, which no one's seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, did you start writing the movie before? Or was the or the were movie, they both the going movie, down the road? No, the, same the movie time? the movie script existed, and I and then I decided to. I didn't have anything particular I wanted to write about when it came around. Oh, okay. When it came around to do a new Porcupine Tree record, so I thought, okay, well let's let's base the album on the movie. So the or the the script as it was. Right. So it's hard to talk about. I mean, that that what I've said about the movie is it's kind of like um, a surreal ghost story. It, it's yep. a lot of the songs on that album are about the relationship between a child and a mother but the mother is a ghost effectively so right um well i hear you there with deadwing and whatnot but you know what you said earlier about um i only let people see so much of of me whatever that wh I, I don't mean whatever that means but flippantly but i but i guess i think that you write so much about important topics in your lyrics that that is you and yeah, i am seeing yeah i don't i guess bigger parts of you than maybe or maybe i want to think i'm seeing bigger parts of you i don't know but mm. but you seem like a personable guy your lyrics really connect mm. at, a, at a really special place and i and i i don't it, it doesn't seem to me that i'm talking to somebody who's saying okay you're only getting 15 percent of me right now you no. know what i mean and and, no. and when you say that earlier i, I kind of thought wow that's that's not the kind of guy that I that I've that I've met the the three or four times that we've sat down, you know. So, no, and I I, I can I can talk to you, but we're talking in fairly broad terms about yeah. the big the big questions about life. Sure, I, I guess what I'm talking about that uh, that annoys me slightly is when um, 
like the banalities, the yes. sort of banal side of life, and, and you know, this yeah. is not just something that relates to 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 celebrities. Although I'm not saying I'm a celebrity, but um, I know what you mean. I, I have a fan base. I'm not just talking about people who have a face. I'm talking about everyone. You can go on the internet now, mm. and and everyone's life is up there, right. in all its banal, minute detail. I don't need to know. I don't need to know what the whole world thinks about my record. But do people want to know that because their life is so banal? No. Is I that what... I don't the think what, they do. Then why is it attractive? Because I think there is a need for people to... to um, I think the internet gives everyone... The internet gives provides everyone with the opportunity to feel, in a way, like a celebrity. Now, here's another example. I've just written my, my next column for, for Electronic Music Magazine, the one you were referring to earlier. Yep. Mm -hmm. The next one is going to be about um, proper, in inverted commas, music journalism versus what we have today, which is everyone on the internet is suddenly a critic. Now, I can go onto the internet and I can enter into Google Porcupine Tree Review. I did it yesterday when I was writing my article. 532,000 results. Hmm. It took, one point, it took 0.17 seconds for Google to return. Hmm. 532,000. Are they really reviews? No, of course they're not. It's just people... Most of that, 99.9% .9 of that, is just p people saying, hey, the new Porcupine Tree album kicks ass, it's their best. And then the next person saying, I think it sucks, it's their worst ever. That's not music journalism. Right. That's not reviews. That's just the kind of crap that you'll have any kind of discussion you'll have down any bar with your mates, which is fine, but I don't need to, you don't need to post that on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. But there's almost a compulsion now for people to... Um, it's it's kind of making people feel self-important by being able to publish their opinions and have other people read and respond to them. And I think that's the whole Twitter, Facebook phenomena too. But I think the, I think too many times they hide behind sort of some anonymity because you know they're just sort of milk jug Frank or you know they're just sort of some goofy right. name and they don't we don't really know who they are. They're right. just and that's the way. And maybe it's allowing them to blow off steam and or or whatever. I don't know, but it just seems like. The things that I do, I, I kind of like connected to my name because I'm not ashamed of them. Right. You know, I don't, I don't need to put things out there, but other people must. They, there must be something about that anonymity thing that's out behind the behind their computer screen too. Um, I think the anonymity, an, anonymity thing does go on, but I think largely most people on Facebook they're putting up pictures of themselves drunk at a party or on the beach or hanging out with their buddies and all this stuff. It, it's it's almost like. Um, a need to publish the 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 what normally would be the private side of someone's life, yeah. and unfortunately there are a lot of of celebrities that are guilty of that too now. Uh, yeah. That I feel like I know too much about. You know, yeah. I feel like I know too much about Ozzy Osbourne now. I wish I didn't. I mean, his show was fun, but I can't listen to Black Sabbath anymore it's and just, take it seriously. Yeah, I know. And yet, I love those records. You wonder if he was playing a character there too. Yeah. Um, I want to finish with something that we talked about in the first interview about you hope to have kids someday and, and all that kind of stuff. And I and then the last interview that we had, you talked about staying busy, keeping busy. You feel driven by all by mm. by what you do. But I started thinking about. I wonder if you have some sort of fear of your own personal blank planet, because if you are that busy, you don't have time to be a dad. You don't have time to find somebody. Mm. You know what I mean. And I and I just wonder if. To, to try to think, okay, 10 years out, if, if you didn't have kids or 20 years out, would would you be a little bit bummed about that? 
Still, uh, or maybe are you in a different place than you were three years ago when no, you no, said... No, no, this is a yeah. question I ask myself all the time, yeah. believe me. Um... Because, you know, you can sit in front of a computer and all the stuff that you wrote about on Fear of a Blank Planet. Yeah. But what about, you're still, are, you're still not, you're still keeping yourself busy away from what you know is important in your life. Mm. You know? And I just wonder where that... There are, there are, that there are many, there are many, many questions here. And, and uh, <laughs> it throws up all sorts of questions. Like, for example, one of the questions it throws up, which I've asked myself many times, is... Um, is it now is there something abnormal about not wanting to have kids or not having kids uh, I think if, you, if you'd asked that question to an earlier generation they probably would have said yes I'm not sure now I meet an increasing amount of people that don't necessarily feel like they need to have kids in this life women too mm-hmm. um, they don't I think the pressure is becoming less and less now that you must you must procreate yes there is a kind of um instinct to do that i think within all of us and it's it's in within me too right but i'm not sure if that's what i'm on this planet to do um and without wishing to sound too pretentious in a way my music is is yeah. my uh, they are my children you know this is what i'm giving to the world this is not only is it what i'm giving to world but it, it giving to the world but this is what will live on after i die and in that sense, that's what kids do, isn't it? Kids. Right. And my music will hopefully inspire other people to make music. So you have this kind of procreational thing going on. And I don't wish, to, I'm, I don't, as I say, it sounds quite pretentious the way I'm saying it. I don't wish No, to. I, I do kind of hear you though. But I, I'm thinking about, I just, both my parents have passed away. And, I, and are your parents still around? They right. Are, yeah. 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 And I just, again, this is just me because I felt like I needed to have kids when I did and, and right. did have kids, right? Um, but it's, I would just be sad if I were laying on my deathbed like my mom and dad and not have loved ones around me and just had speakers around me, you know, kind but, of playing. So, I, yeah, yeah, you know, what I'm, I'm just, again, that's just Frank talking from the way I was built. You see, I've heard this argument before, but, yeah, okay. but not that it's an argument, but this yeah, point before. Right. But but isn't that making it all about you? It's it's making it. So you want to have kids so that you don't feel lonely when you're old. <laughs> Maybe, dude. I didn't think about that. Isn't, isn't that kind of isn't that kind of a really selfish way of looking <laughs> at it? Yeah. Selfish. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I don't mean it's sound I know, like that. I mean I a lot a lot of people same feel the here. same way. You're right. It's listen, just an interesting thought that I had. Yeah, right. Listen, I mean I I because of what I do, I'm very lucky. I get to meet a lot of people all over the world. Right. I have friends all over the world. Some of them are younger than me. Some of them are older than me. I don't think I'm going to die alone in in horrible <laughs> so well, solitude. Wouldn't even yeah, wouldn't even have thought about the question I don't think if you hadn't said it, you know, a few years ago saying, "Yeah, I want to have kids because I, and I'm not saying that's why, but because I think right. you know, I think you have hope for the future of the world." I do. And that and and that I think goes well. Then I'd like to bring kids up in it, you know. But but I don't but I yes, but this kind of concept of uh just procreation for the sake of it um i don't think i don't think it's right for everyone i don't think it i don't think everyone i don't think having kids is is the right thing for everyone, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, but you. there are a lot of people on on the planet who have had kids because they felt like they should have kids that probably would have preferred not to 
just what prob- wa- probably shouldn't have done watched a great documentary on pete Seeger recently and he had kids but he was never there and i just thought maybe he shouldn't have been a guy who had kids right because the, he was just so driven to get around the country and in essence right. sp- spit truth out in front of people yes and it doesn't mean he was a bad dad just mean he was sort of a he wasn't the right person to or right. at least it wasn't the right time in his life right exactly so anyway i just had that in my head the last couple of times since uh, since we talked and i thought wow because well you know what? Now we're three years on and we're not it's something i i ask myself all the time you know and yeah. I, still a part of me would 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 like to i guess for the same reason that you t- talked about you know it just it would feel nice and warm and cozy and and to know that you had your f- a family around you, and there is something very romantic about the notion of a family, of course, isn't there? So in yeah. a sense, it's at the core of all of us. Um, the need to escape loneliness, the need to escape this idea of being alone and yeah. solitude, and but I guess there, are, I feel there are there are other ways to do that. The, I guess the reason that it was so beautiful for me, and I didn't even expect this coming, was one, I felt more responsible and more adult-like. Mm. But also, I felt unconditional love. Even though between my, me and my wife, mm. you know, we can say we have unconditional love, mm. we can say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but when it's a child, they love you no matter what. Now, yeah. maybe later on in life, yeah. they're gonna they're love gonna you a little more conditionally. Yeah. But man, there's something about that unconditional love that you just go, "This is what it's all about, dude." Sure. So anyway, hey, thanks again for no, the time, man. Okay. Always appreciate it. Hey, you too. I would describe their performance as ethereal something happening together with the audience that is probably unique each porcupine tree evening i am frank jenks from listen in and i appreciate you spending the time with this there's not many better Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs> <laughs>